There's so many reasons to not start a business. Most of them are totally valid. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, it, it might cost you some money. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be really hard. It's not nearly as safe as getting a nine to five. And all of those things are totally true. And also on the other side of it is a really cool experience that you can have and go impact and change people's lives. And added bonus, you get to do something that you love in the process. That was Kyle Weger, and I'm Henry Winslow. You're listening to Dharma Talk. Dharma Talkers, welcome back to another episode. And to the first timers, thanks for checking out the podcast. You all are my people. You're the type of yogi, the type of person who asks the difficult questions, not just of others, but of yourself. What am I here to do? How can I contribute and serve others? How can I participate in the evolution of mankind? Well, that's what Dharma Talk is all about. And if you're feeling inspired right now, well, you're in the right place. This week, I'm stoked to share my incredibly empowering and equally nerdy conversation with handstanding obsessive and online marketing savant, Kyle Weger. But first, I'm going to make my weekly appeal. Folks, if you enjoy this podcast or if you'd be disappointed to see it disappear, Please take any or all of these small actions that can make a big difference for the show. First, subscribe. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe. And you can even do it on my website and I'll send you an email each week when the new episode comes out with a little teaser. Second, leave a rating and review. It takes all of 30 seconds and it makes a huge difference for letting these podcast directories know that you enjoy the show and other people might as well. So of course, I'd prefer a five-star rating, but be honest and let others know how you feel. Third, share the episode with a friend. If this episode is meaningful to you, if it resonates, if you learn something from it, find someone in your life that could also benefit and share the episode. And lastly, if you have the financial means to make a donation, they are always appreciated and really help me to keep this podcast up and running at a high quality. You can make a donation at henrywins.com slash donate. Dharma Talkers, I've got a few announcements to share with you before we dive into the interview. At the end of this month, September 27th through 29th, I'm going to be teaching at Horizon Hot Yoga in Dallas, Texas. I'll be teaching my Hatha Vinyasa classes, an arm balance workshop, and an especially special workshop that I call Gratitude Practice. It's a heart-centered vinyasa class followed by meditation to bring in abundance and appreciate all the blessings in our lives. Then the following weekend, I'm going to Austin, Texas, back to my old stomping grounds at Yoga East Austin to teach a four-day immersion with Jared McCann. Each day begins with a morning sadhana of pranayama, meditation, kriya, and then we go into a JM vinyasa class, the signature style of lighthouse in Brooklyn. In the afternoons, we do workshops, posture clinics, and satsang discussions. 
So for the details on these workshops, these events, and everything else I have coming up, please head to henrywins.com slash events. Are you feeling stuck or stagnant? Are you looking for a catalytic experience to ignite radical transformation? Join me and my wife, Veronica Lombo, for an unforgettable retreat designed to ground your body, purify your mind, and expand your connection to consciousness through yoga, sacred silence, and natural immersion. Our week together in Bali will offer you the perfect environment to refocus on what is calling you, your purpose, your perfect path, your dharma, so that you can move forward with renewed vigor into growth and service to others. The days will be structured around guided group meditations, vinyasa and hatha yoga classes, delicious and clean plant-based meals, of course, and opportunities for free exploration of nature, both outside and within. Come honor your past experience and effort, celebrate where you are now, and lay a pure foundation for the year to come. Clear the space for reconnection to source with us in Bali, December 5th through 11th, 2019. Get the details and make a deposit at henrywins.com slash Bali. This week on Dharma Talk, I'm interviewing Kyle Weger. Kyle at Kyle Weger on Instagram is a traveling handstand coach and online entrepreneur on a mission to show people that they are capable of way more than they think. His workshops and online courses are built on the idea that the biggest changes happen through a combination of hard work, focus, and fun. Kyle and I first met a few years ago at a coffee shop in California, but we really became fast friends earlier this year on a week-long hand balance training that we took from Miguel Santana in Spain. It was there that we bonded over intensive practice and our shared love of broccoli. So with that being said, I'm pleased to say that we resisted the urge to spend an hour reviewing our preferred flavors of hummus dips, and instead we dug into these fascinating topics. Approaching handstands from different perspectives, technical styles, and mindsets. No, believe it or not, handstand is not owned by the yoga community. <laughs> we talk about overcoming imposter syndrome and letting your passion rather than some impossible to reach idea of mastery guide your steps forward and progress. And we close with a riveting conversation around entrepreneurship and leveraging technology to build businesses that support a lifestyle of your own design, even if you're not tech savvy. So if you have ever considered taking your teaching online or starting an online business, stay tuned to the end of this episode because there are some very exciting things on the horizon coming from my friend Kyle, and it's going to be easier than ever to do that. Okay, after you listen to the episode, if anything that Kyle says resonates with you, if you want to learn more or go deeper with him, head over to http colon slash slash dharmatalk.show and type Kyle in the search bar, K-Y-L-E. And you're going to get all the notes and links for this episode, including timestamps around the talking points of our conversation and also including Kyle's recommended book and upcoming events. And 
Just so you know, I've got a running list of every book ever recommended on Dharma Talk. So if you're looking for another book to read, another book to add to your shelf, head over to henrywins.com slash books and pick out your next read. Now, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with Kyle Weger. Kyle Weger, welcome to Dharma Talk. How's it going? Henry, I'm uh, thrilled to be here, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Um, and uh, I know we had talked about this a, a while back. It's cool that it's finally coming to fruition. Totally. You know, actually, we spoke about this. I feel like in full disclosure to our audience, the original plan was not to have you on Dharma Talk. It was to create a sideshow called Brock Talk. <laughs> Brock Talk, where it's, we're just talking about broccoli all day. All day. You know, that is the secret to handstanding, as I'm sure that you're going to share with our audience today. Yeah, there's, it has nothing to do with practicing handstand or even getting stronger. If you eat enough broccoli, you can actually just circumvent all of the hard work. Okay, there we go. Podcast over. Thanks for your time. See you guys. <laughs> Kyle, um, in all honesty, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show because you're just um, such a charismatic person and I feel you know, lucky to have crossed paths with you. You're such a funny person and I know we're going to have fun today. But first, sure. I always, I always open with the same question. So I want to give you that question today. Okay. And that is, what does the word Dharma mean to you? And what is your Dharma as you understand it today? Yeah, um, I guess my... Pr- personal understanding or interaction with the word dharma has always i've always just understood it as like my path or my calling or what i'm supposed to be doing with this you know finite amount of time that i have um you know on the planet so my dharma personally has transitioned from i mean it it changes right so in my in my uh teens and early 20s if you were to ask me what my dharma was i'd say oh i'm i'm gonna be a professional baseball player so i was playing collegiate baseball at the time and then you know fast forward the tape 17 years and now I'm an online handstand coach. So for me, I think it's always just listening to whatever your calling is, even though that calling is most likely going to change direction and pivot at some point. Totally. Yeah. Life is full of changes, both ones that we intend for and steer toward, and also ones that are completely unexpected. And as you alluded to, I, I, I doubt that the teenage Kyle um, was aware that he was headed in the direction of online handstand teaching or even right. probably aware that it existed as an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at the, uh, just the invention itself of the internet and online videos. So when I was 15, that wasn't a thing, you know, that would have been, I guess it was, that would have been 1997. The internet was pretty fresh to where I lived in South Dakota and you just don't, you, you didn't even consider like, Oh, maybe one day I'll use this insane tool as a means to produce my income and my livelihood and, uh, you know, ways to meet people like you, for example, I spend at least an hour and a half a day on your Instagram page. So it's a, <laughs> it's a nice, <laughs> it's a nice opportunity to, you know, you know, what basically what I'm saying is what else is going to be invented down the road that we don't even know exists yet that is going to change the way that we conduct business or the way we find new interests or connect with people, you know, or the way that we waste time scrolling with our thumbs huge huge (laughs) time waster but i don't consider my my 90 minutes on your instagram page to be a waste of time it's a lot of inspiration for me oh well that's that's very kind (laughs) (laughs) i get blocked off every morning i wake up 90 minutes of henry and then i get a cup of coffee and then i'm ready to go yeah then you're ready to start your day okay well let's uh let's go back in time a little bit um okay talk me through your process of going from a dedicated baseball player to 
to handstand coach? What were the steps along the way there and how did that process unfold? Totally. Um, after college, um, I had jumped straight into like the corporate world. I, I wasn't doing any self, um, you know, development type practices like yoga or anything. I was using kind of like some more motivation mindset stuff in the business world. I was all about sales and marketing and, um, you know, having everyone know that I was like a top sales guy and I make good money. And it was like, you know, in your early twenties, you want to have this identity when you're going up against other people in your company who are well-established, like grown men who have been in the industry for a while. And my life was really all about, you know, being a weight room bro, making a lot of money and then just partying my ass off on the weekends because that's what you did when, I mean, that's all I knew. And then, um, I had actually ended up working at a, a software company with, uh, my best friend whose house I'm actually in right now in Denver recording this. And I got into yoga. Um, and then it, like most things in my life, I became obsessed with the new shiny object, which was yoga practice for me. And, um, it w- didn't take long. I, you know, ended up practicing like every single day, sometimes twice a day. And then was eventually leaving work middle of the day to go to class, which my boss definitely didn't like. Um, and <laughs> then I got you know an offer to do it uh, like a discounted teacher training because I was one of the studio cleaners. And, um, so I did the teacher training and you know, then immediately I was like, Oh, let's take this, um, fact that I work at like this video based kind of tech company combined with the fact that I, um, you know, now a certified yoga teacher and I had just turned 30 years old, I believe. And I was like, it's time. I need to start my own business, man. It is now or never. And so I went out and I started a little yoga website where we would host like yoga videos. And I had a bunch of teachers from Denver on that site and it was really cool, but I didn't actually, I, here was my main thought about it. And I've said this before. I was like, I was so naive that if I would have actually known how hard it was going to be, I probably would have never started. But I started the business and then um, thought, well, I'll just put some videos on the internet and then I'll make a million dollars because that's how the internet works. Uh, little that I know that is, you know, obviously way more complex than that. Um, the, it did allow me to, to fail on some big things and learn from them and cut my teeth. And then fast forward the tape, I have a new site, uh, kyleweger.com where I have an online handstand course. Um, you know, in between yoga was kind of the foyer into hand uh, balancing or handstanding. And then I got into gymnastics and then started training with, as, as you know, some more high level hand balancers. Um, and we can touch on like the value of those type of trainings as well. But, um, yeah, that was the path, man. I was just like this kind of out of control 20 something kid, just all about money. And then the yoga, uh, part of me got me a little more in touch with myself and I, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, my, my Dharma and what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, so here I sit before you, a you know, traveling handstand coach with an online course, um, that had, I guess, kind of just got here by pure accident, just, <laughs> just kind of stumbling along the way. <laughs> Um, well, you're, you've clearly got that enterprising spirit. You know, most people, even if they have, and maybe not most people, but a lot of people may have an idea that sits exactly in that place as an idea in their head forever as a dream. Um, what do you think was it that allowed you to take action so quickly and just go for it? Is that something that you've always had in you or um, did you learn that through any of the skills that you developed along the way? I no, I think I've just always said that when I get excited about something, I just get really excited and I don't ask a ton of questions. Um, I don't make a like pro con 
you know, list or spreadsheet about it. It's just more like, Hey, this is, this really has my attention right now. So let's give it all that I have. And so when I decided to start my first yoga site, it was like, boom, quit my job. I didn't do it on the side. I full up quit my job and dove headfirst into that, um, which was super scary. But I think you have to put yourself in a position where, um, where there's risk involved or else you don't try as hard. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So with the handstand thing, uh, it all came about when I was, I was teaching in Australia and I was about to leave and the students were like, Oh man, that handstand workshop was really great. Thank you for that. Where can I find your videos? And I was like, Oh, I don't have any videos. And they said, you should really make some videos. And that's when I just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, I need to record a handstand course and sell it on the internet. And then Mm -hmm. I came back and just, I had the course done within a few months. Um, and as as you know, making something doesn't mean people are going to buy it. Like (laughs) you have to actually do something after you make it. And that for me has been the biggest journey. Um, making a product is actually pretty easy. If you really care about your product and you're passionate about it, it's then relaying that passion to other people, which is where, where the magic is in my opinion. Yeah. And, and is that marketing? Yeah, I would call that marketing. Yeah. I think that's the fancy name for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious before we talk more about, um, the whole business side and, and your journey and, and discovering everything that it takes to make an online business function smoothly and be profitable and all of that. Um, talk to me a little bit about the transition from yoga into dedicated hand balance. Like where did that come from and what have you noticed to be different amongst the students that you encounter and the teachers that you learn from? Totally. Um, yoga, as I said, was my first exposure to hand balancing. I you know, would see people press up to handstand in yoga class and would just be like so enamored with it. And I had always been, I had always had a strong upper body. So from the years of baseball. Uh, so with the first time when we would get to do like crow pose in the beginner classes, that was my, that was like the part I look forward to. Um, that and the fact that I was super inflexible also from years of baseball. And um, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting more stretchy and bendy, but man, when I'm balancing on my hands, I just feel so strong. And then I just, I followed kind of the the progression that most yoga students do, you get like crow and then you're like, okay, what about headstand? What about side crow? What about EPK two? And like, and then eventually you get like the courage to kick up and, uh, flop around in a handstand. Um, so I was that for many, many years, I would attend every arm balance workshop I could in Denver when like guest teachers would come from out of town, I would clear my schedule. Um, and what happened was I, uh, about 2000, end of 2013, ish, maybe middle of 2013, 2013, there was a gymnastics group that was practicing in the back of a yoga studio. Um, and they would get together that have like three or four classes a week. And it was a few blocks from my house. And so I popped over there again, super naive thinking, Oh, well I do like eight yoga classes a week, eight to 10 a week. I'm going to do really good at gymnastics. And then you step into the gymnastics arena and you realize just how, high caliber of an athlete those people are. Uh, I could not hang at all. I mean, I was having fun because I was learning, but I was just, I couldn't do any of the exercises. Um, and that, um, that group is now, uh, Denver's super popular gym called Awaken Gymnastics. They went and got their own facility. Um, but in that I realized there was a big difference between, uh, scapular depression and elevation amongst the two handstands or like, um, gymnastics doesn't have handstand scorpion as part of their practice where in yoga you do. So you need a totally different position of the shoulder. Um, gymnastics has a different p- position of the head, whereas yoga might look a little further out. Gymnastics would go 
uh, you know, look down or chin completely tucked. Um, and so I developed, I started developing new, new strengths to complement both. And I thought they were a really good complementary practice. And I, again, would do a ton of gymnastics, but the one part I really looked forward to much like I looked forward to crow pose in yoga, I look forward to handstand practice. I didn't really care about the like parallel bars or the rings or, you know, I'm awful at tumbling, by the way. Um, you make me do two cartwheels and I'm so dizzy I'll fall over. Um, but I, re <laughs> I really look forward to that part where I was like, okay, handstand practice, handstand practice, handstand practice. And then I saw, uh, I remember watching during that whole gymnastics thing, I was just constantly on YouTube looking for, vid for videos. And I saw a video of a guy named Andre Mararu. And anyone who's in the hand balance world knows who Andre Mararu is. He is one of the most elegant movers in the game he just he makes it look so effortless and i was like what is this guy doing this looks kind of like dance but it looks kind of like yoga but it looks kind of like gymnastics and that's when i discovered hand balancing is its own art underneath the umbrella of circus arts and it's its own discipline it's its own uh you know time dedicated thing that people devote their lives to uh it is definitely not yoga. It's definitely not gymnastics. It's just its own bucket. And that I'm starting to see is where a lot of people get mixed up is they don't even know hand balancing exists. Like I, I'll be doing handstand you know, practice at my gym and people come up and they're like, oh, do you do a lot of yoga? And I, I'm kind of like, well, I do, but that's not what I'm doing now. Or I, oh man, I had the sweetest old lady come up to me at 24 hour fitness because most people just see handstand and they, they don't really know like the full spectrum. And this old woman uh, comes up to me and she's like, are you training for the Olympics? And I just, just, my heart just jumped out of my chest. I was like, you are the sweetest woman in the whole world. But the, the, but the short answer is yes. I am. <laughs> yeah. Short answer. I'm actually a gold medalist. Um, no, the, 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 to me, I find it super laughable because the, the degree of difference between 37 year old handstand coach Kyle and like an Olympic level gymnast is, I mean, they're not even, you know, <laughs> they're not even in the same conversation. Right. But to the layperson, the handstand is just either it's a yoga thing or maybe you're a gymnast, but you know, hand balancing is its own thing. And I do find that when doing it, I go into like my yoga mindset. I probably don't use like a yoga style breath cause it's, it's different for endurance, you know, handstands, but I I'm present. I'm focused on my body. There's no distractions and I am like in the moment. So in that regard, I do take a very like yogic sort of a mental approach to the, you know, my asana or whatever would be just the handstand, right? Okay. This is, this is good. Um, and a question that I want to explore further. So you, you mentioned that hand balancing is this kind of obscure under the radar, but distinct, uh, discipline unto itself that people don't necessarily know about. And even from your time going into the gymnastics group and training handstands there and comparing it, contrasting it to what you had learned about handstands in your yoga classes, you picked up on these subtle anatomical differences. Um, so apart from mindset, would you, what would you say are the key differences between the handstanding that you're practicing or hand balancing that you're practicing mm -hmm. and a handstand that's integrated into a yoga practice? Can those, like, can these practices be interwoven or are they necessarily distinct? I love this question because um, I teach primarily 90% of my teaching engagements around the world. I end up at yoga studios because that is where the largest audience of handstand enthusiasts exists. Um, here's the, the way I've delineated the two. I think absolutely 
you can integrate both. Um, you, or you can integrate like a hand balancing type of handstand into your yoga practice. In the early days, as I learned handstand in yoga, here's the anatomical things that immediately jumped out at me were the, the placement of the hands. Um, I would have teachers say, put your hands as wide as your mat, you know, for a nice wide base. Now in hand balancing, it would be just the opposite. You want hands directly underneath your shoulders for a narrow base because you want bone stacking, which is a much more efficient way to handstand than if you're using muscle, you know, the, the deltoids in the shoulders with your, your hands wide. Um, another thing is, um, you know, grip, grip your mat like a basketball or pull, you know, grab your mat really hard in hand balancing. You don't want to use a lot of, um, uh, calories with the flexion of the fingers because the, the muscles that control the fingers exist up in the forearms. And as you know, from endurance holds, the first thing to go in an endurance handstand is the muscles of the forearms. It feels like there's battery acid running through there at about the, the, about the 92nd mark. Right. Um, right. and I, and I think with yoga, you handstand as part of your flow or you can, if you have that, like if you're doing super salutations, it's down dog, jump forward into handstand, lower into forward fold, run through your salutation. And then when the teacher says, oh, step or float back to chaturanga, the handstanders will always, you know, either press or tuck up into handstand and then float down into chaturanga. So it's you call that super salutation? That I've heard it called that before, a super cell. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, nice. you, you go ahead and yeah, put, that, put that one in your pocket. Yeah, I'm learning new vocabulary right now. This yeah, I, I actually made up the entire practice of yoga. I'm not sure if you're if you know that, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's Kyle, uh, Shiva Uyghur, Shiva Uyghur. I love it. <laughs> um, so there's, um, within the world of asana handstand is a part of that. And there's also a million other poses and there's also seven other limbs of yoga in hand balancing. You only do one thing. You know what I mean? It's not this part of this larger spiritual practice. Um, the other thing I think with yogis, when they're first learning handstand is that balance supersedes form. And I don't know if I um, necessarily teach that way anymore. I used to teach people to just kick up and just try to stay up with the balance, right? And it usually means you're sacrificing your form, your hips are past your shoulders, and you have the dreaded banana back, which is um, not just the mark of a yoga handstander, of any beginner handstander, from like CrossFitters included, right? Because right. the excitement of being upside down and being on your hands, you're like, oh my God, holy cow, I'm upside down. This is the greatest thing ever. Um, whereas, uh, you know, experienced hand balancers or handstanders, getting upside down and balancing is no longer the question. And now you're just refining um, refining the, the form of the handstand. Um, in, let's say, a standard vinyasa class, holding a one-minute handstand usually is not part of the class. Right, it's more like hey, kick up to handstand if you got it, and float down to chaturanga if you got it. Um, some teachers are really good about you know taking time out of class and um, and giving all those like little nuggets of information to the students that want it. And I think I, that's always a real nice treat whenever I'm in a yoga class. I'm like, oh, cool, we get some time to handstand um, versus me making the time on my own inside their their you know woven vinyasa flow. Um, I'm trying to think of oh the other one, uh, the other big anatomical difference, the feet obvious, right? So uh, hand balancers are all about aesthetic and it's about the big curve in the upper foot and the toes curled in. So the you know, other way to say that is just, you know, point your toes. Um, and then in yoga, a lot of times, um, in many practices, it is the dorsiflex foot with the fan toes. And I do understand that there's energetic reasons behind that. Um, so yoga would say maybe, well, not all yoga, but definitely some, flex your foot back, fan your toes. Hand balancers would say, lock out your knees, flex your quads, point your feet as hard as you can. So those mm -hmm. are just some of the 
the bigger anatomical differences. Um, one other difference that I see that has to do with the anatomy, but necessarily I wouldn't consider quote unquote anatomical is the breath. Now in a yoga practice, if you're using Ujjayi, it's that big, long, deliberate inhale, you know, and then constrict the back of the throat on the exhale. And these are long, powerful breaths. Whereas in hand balancing, you actually don't want to use big breath. You want to breathe as normally as possible because if you're going for endurance, one of the things that will knock you out is the movement of your mid body and lo and behold, that's where your diaphragm exists, right? So if you're moving your rib cage a bunch in handstanding, the odds, uh, you're, you're decreasing your chance of staying up for longer. Um, uh, but then again, you can make the argument that, well, what if that's the way I train it? Wouldn't I just get good at it? And I would say, yeah, probably. Yeah, right, right. Some of these things are about like intentionally creating resistance to make it harder. Whereas, you know, hand balancing is a performance art. So you would want to make it as efficient and easy to sustain as possible. So I, I feel like the, the differences that you've laid out point to that and, and serve that end. Yeah. It's like, what's your why? And I used to be really hardcore about this after, because I had a gymnastics coach who just denounced everything about yoga and he was a hell of a salesman. And so I kind of got on with his his mindset there for a little while. I'm like, oh, yoga has it all wrong. But now the more I teach and the more modalities of movement I study between yoga, gymnastics, uh, hand balancing, I love lifting now. I love, uh, I go on a dance retreat every year uh, with a bunch of ballerinas, uh, which is super fun because I just love that kind of movement too. The more modalities I study, I, I, it all comes down to what's your why? Like, do you mm -hmm. want to be a hand balancer? No? Okay, great. Then you don't need to have a perfect handstand. If you want to kick up a few times a week in yoga class because it's fun and it's part of your overall vinyasa practice, then do that. And I'm not here to tell you that that's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and even some of the things that you pointed out as being like characteristic of the yoga handstand, I feel like that's probably you're talking more about like an Ashtanga influenced or inspired type of practice. But if you look at something like Dharma Mitra's class, I mean, mm. he points his toes in every posture and, um, you know, he doesn't do the Ujjayi breath. He has a soft breath that's, that's silent. So, you know, there are choices yeah. and even within any of these modalities, you can go deeper and, and pick a, a focus that you hone in on. My, but uh, I love what you said ultimately about, you know, it's, you do get, the same sort of mindset benefit of being focused and being present and being totally absorbed in what you're doing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love that you brought up the Dharma Mitri. So I would, the things I said about yoga, I am speaking to like power vinyasa yoga as I learned it in this one super narrow way. And, and then there's, uh, you know, in the overall bucket of yoga, there's how many different styles of yoga? You know, it's a, more uh, than we ever know. There's right. goat yoga, beer yoga, uh, gun you yoga. Name it. There's gun yoga. There's death metal yoga. There's all kinds of yoga out there. If you're on Facebook long enough and just keep scrolling, um, you know what's funny about <laughs> Dharma? When I, I I've never met Dharma Mitra, but I like him already because of a story my buddy Paul told me. Who Paul was in gymnastics, and then Paul studied at Dharma's place. And um, Paul told me the story, and I, I tell it a lot in workshops, especially at yoga studios. When he asked Dharma Mitra in class one time, "Why do you point your toes?" And he was expecting like some giant volcano of yoga knowledge to be poured out from Dharma Mitra. And he just, it, he, he turns to my buddy Paul and very simply says, Oh, because it's prettier. And I was yeah. like, There's so, <laughs> like, that's, there's so much wisdom in that answer. Like, this, this guy who's been his legendary yoga teacher, right? And he just gives yeah. the simplest answer it's, it's prettier. So do it this yeah. way. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that he says a lot is, Don't do it better than the teacher. Oh, geez. Okay. I get it. I get it. That's funny. That's nice. And it, yeah, yeah, like, Hey, if any of you guys in this room are better handstanders than me, um, there's the door. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he's kidding when he says it, but he does course. say that. Right. Yeah. That's that's hilarious. Um, so on the note of, you know, the teacher and his role in the hierarchy compared to students and the greater scheme of, you know, uh, authorities out there, you, you made a little offhanded self-deprecating remark about being 37 and <laughs> still being the one who's teaching handstanding all over the world. You know, you travel, con- you have a constantly booked calendar of events where you teach these handstand boot camps and you have your online business running in the background the whole time. Talk to me about that. Like, did you ever face any sort of uh, self-doubt or insecurity around being the person creating this much of an impact or trying yeah. to? Yeah, You know, I, I still run with that every now and again, this kind of like whole imposter syndrome. And with, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is very real, man. It's like, you know, um, I hadn't even been teaching for three months when I started Reflection Yoga, my very first site. But I knew I had, I had the tech background; I could figure it out. Um, and I have—I'm not the world's best handstander either. Um, and you don't have to be. To anyone out there like listening to this that thinks, "Man, I, you know, am I am I worth this? Am I good enough?" Um, I've found that if you stay in your lane and you pick your people that you can teach, um, you're going to do just fine. So I'm a handstand coach. I am not a circus coach. I am not teaching Cirque du Soleil level hand balancers. I am teaching your basic, uh, not basic, but your normal yoga practitioner that wants to clean up their handstand. So there's a market out there and a population for anyone that wants to get into teaching this or any other skill, right? If you devote your time to it um, and you practice a lot, like people want to learn from you. And I, I, I think one of the things that got me over that in the early stages was um, – you know, I practice a, a ton. Um, my own personal practice. I make it, when I do it, it's a two and a half hour full on experience, um, and I do that several times a week. I've attended um, many many workshops with not just other yoga teachers that teach handstand, but actual hand balancers. I've done private lessons with so many people, and I sat back and I looked at that, and I was like, okay, my my brain is actually. I believe in myself, but that my brain is worth something. I've put in the hours. I've logged them. Now, am I a you know lead hand balancer for Cirque du Soleil? No. And then would those guys even be that adept at teaching, let's say, like a 45-year-old uh, uh, yoga mom that's been practicing for you know 10 years? Do they have a lot in common? Maybe, maybe not. I feel like since I learned as an adult and I've been through the adult struggles of learning handstand, that I am uh, I am totally within my um, skill set to, to travel around and to teach these things to the right students that want to learn. So I guess I, I appreciate the question because it, it is very, uh, real, a uh, very, something that a lot of people deal with, like, who am I to be a teacher? Who am I to be a coach? Who am I to do this or that? And you got to realize that it, if you've put in the work, yeah, you, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's really well said. Particularly the part about, you know, maybe you are uniquely capable of resonating with a specific person. I think oftentimes when we are struggling with this imposter syndrome, it's because we're trying to compare ourselves to all of the people who are out there in, in our line of sight, but potentially we're missing out on seeing all these people who are not being spoken to. And there's room for many different types of teachers. Yeah. And it's, if you, if you compare yourself to the best in the world and you try to get to their level before you start your business, you will never, literally never get started. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I, if I look at, you know, um, let's take our, our, our coach, uh, Miguel, 
if I look at Miguel's practice and I say, well, I'm only worthy of teaching when I get to that level, you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck doing that. Um, it's just like, there's, there's so many reasons to not start a business. And you know what, what sucks about all of them is that most of them are totally valid. It's like, yeah, it takes time. Yeah, it, it might cost you some money. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really hard. Um, it's not nearly as safe as getting a nine to five, for sure. And all of those things are totally true. Um, and also on the other side of it is a really cool experience that you can have and go impact and change people's lives. And added bonus, you get to do something that you love in the process. Yes, and that's the biggest one. Like you take on these risks, you take on these potential hurdles and and struggles because you care, you know, you care about doing the thing that you want to do. And it's more important to you to further your passion than to clock in and clock out. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the idea of, um, building, you know, I, I sometimes do like some, I wouldn't call them full on consultations anymore, but yeah, you know, I, I sit down and talk with friends about starting their business and they're like, I want to do something in the online space. What should I do? I was like, okay, well, what do you enjoy doing most in your free time when you're not getting paid? And then they'll say their thing and I'm like, find a way to get paid for it. Right. Yeah. So I would go to the gym and just do handstands all day. I'm, I'm already doing this. Why not, why not start a business around it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you can find a thing that like brings you a lot of joy to do yourself and you're able to provide some sort of value with regard to that, to another person, then that seems like an opportunity for a business. Uh, definitely. Yeah. And if you're excited, like if you like doing it, you're going to be excited about talking about it to people. When people ask me about my course, oh my, I just come unglued. You know what I mean? I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I just love, I just love talking about handstands. Um, and when people write me and they have questions, I get back to them. Uh, at least I, I do my best to get back to them in a timely manner. My inbox seems to be a, over the past couple of years getting <laughs> increasingly harder to manage. But um, it, when you care about what you're doing and someone says, "Hey man, I have, I'm having." Um, trouble in my tuck up to handstand. What am I doing wrong? I'll be like, yo, dude, send me a video. Let me analyze it and break it down. And so, um, would I do that if I were, if I like had a job at an, in a, a, an accounting firm and I didn't like being an accountant? Probably not. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be doing extra work for free because it's like, like you said, it's clock in and then clock out every two weeks I get my paycheck and then that's just my life. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay. So you mentioned earlier on in our conversation that you wouldn't have started the business probably had you known at the time how much work laid ahead of you on the road. But now I can tell because, I mean, it's, it's obvious from our conversation right now, but I also know from talking to you and being your friend that you actually have a love for the business side of what you do as well. So um, talk a little bit about what is involved there and what drives you like what parts of building a business are exciting to you? Because I know that's something that a lot of yoga teachers tend to struggle with. Like I mm -hmm. want to practice yoga. I want to do this practice and share this practice with other people because it feels important to me and it gives me spiritual purpose, but I don't want to deal with the capitalism. I don't want to deal with having to take care of numbers or watch mm -hmm. my finances, you know? So how do, how do we get excited about that? Yeah, I would say to the uh, to maybe think about it in like a different mindset, right? I always thought about my my first yoga business as I can do way more good for the world 
if I am a successful entrepreneur with high spirits and I'm like, I'm in a good place of um, what I'll consider abundance. And that doesn't mean just like finance, but like abundance of time. Or am I so busy that I don't even have time to take care of myself and thus I don't even have time in turn to take care of my students. Mm-hmm. So to anyone that's, you know, thinking about starting a business or like, Hey, I'm a yoga teacher and I want to figure out what else is out there. And can I make online content or, and the other one is like, well, there's already so much content out there. What go, you know, how, I'm going to make a, how am I going to make a splash, uh, in, in this giant chasm of, of content that's out there in the internet. I just, uh, number one, believe in yourself that just because someone else has taught, uh, a yoga class, um, or maybe someone else has taken a yoga class. They haven't taken yours. What if they really resonate with you? What if, what if there's a market out there that just loves your personality, the way you speak, the way you uh, weave a class together? Those people are out there waiting for you, but you will never find them if you don't have like, you know, your, your content out there. Um, and I think one of the other uh, parts about like getting it, if, if you're not excited about doing it, then it might not be just the right time. Um, you need to have the, the excitement rather than it be a grind. Um, so I have a man, when I first was building my site in the the weeks leading up to launch Henry, I, there was nights I stayed up until like three in the morning and then would get up at seven the next morning and then do it all again. And I would just go sit at a coffee shop and build this site. There was, I even learned like pieces of coding cause I had to at one point, uh, to get certain things built on my own. And I did, there was, that was fueled by the excitement of what was on the other side of it. Um, and to that note, now that I, I wouldn't say I'm fully on this other side, but I have a really good grasp of where my, my life is headed now. And if I looked back to where I was and then this place where I am now, um, I can tell you that being on this side of it and sitting here talking about it with you and hopefully people listen to this and get motivated. This is, you know, kind of the magic, but I don't get to have this part if I wasn't willing to just suffer and cry and bleed and do all of the, the, the bad things in the beginning that were, you know, working the 19 hour days or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that was a good answer to your question. I know a bit long winded, but, um, I love my long winded answers. That's the best kind. Less, less work for you as the host, right? <laughs> yeah, you're bringing the content, Kyle. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah, the, no. the business the business side for me has always been a passion because you got to think, I was, I was a businessman that got into yoga, not a yoga teacher that eventually later wanted to start a business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I think most people who are listening right now where this is like catching their ears a little bit more than usual, they're in the same boat. You know, they care about, sharing and they want a, a, a way to do it at higher scale. Yeah. There's, uh, the, the magic also for me is like the, when I get that email from, um, a person that says, Kyle, here, here's my video. I did it. I did it. I did it. I finally got my first handstand. Like that gives me goosebumps. That's the, that's the reason I get out of bed in the morning. That is like my ideal, uh, my ideal student online or when you, you know, obviously you're a teacher as well. You, you know, the feeling of the in-person workshop where the student does something they they've literally never done before. And they look at you with those big bright eyes just to make sure you, uh, you saw it and you, and <laughs> yeah. you wake at them and you're like, Hey, I got you, boo. I see you over there. And I like, I feel those, I know it's very, um, maybe you could argue that this is ego, but I do believe in celebrating hard work. So if someone gets a handstand for the first time in any one of my workshops, you better believe I'm going to stop the entire workshop and, and acknowledge it, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I think we have to celebrate, um, the, the accomplishments 
That's what gives you that feeling of, of uh, enthusiasm that, that drives you forward to continue practicing, to show you that your discipline and consistency is in fact paying off. Yeah. And that's, that's all hand balancing is, right? You, you know, the, the best hand balancers in the world, I mean, you could argue that they're talented, but I would say the easier argument is that they've just practiced it more than you have. That's it. Yeah. I'm sure it's a combination of both, but neither one is, uh, is sufficient. Like you need, you need to be able to put in the time. Yeah. And that, you know, weekend workshops are great because I feel like you'd come to a guy like me to learn technique and tips and drills. Now my weekend workshops are usually like a two day combo, uh, three hours a day. That's only six hours cumulative of learning. The, the real work starts when the workshop's over. And now you have totally. to go remember, you have to remember those things. You have to integrate them into your daily practice and you have to do them when no one's looking in order exactly. to get better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel that. And I echo that. Let's say it again. Say it one more time. Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have the, the real work starts when the workshop is over and you have to, you have to do the work when no one's looking. Mm-hmm. Cool. Boom. Amen. Boom. Uh, okay, Kyle, you said you had a pretty good idea these days. I mean, relatively speaking, compared to years ago of where your life is headed. So what's coming up? You know, what's in your future? What do you envision for the next phases of Kyle Weger Handstand yeah. Productions? <laughs> Kyle Weger Handstand Productions, LLC. Um, <laughs> no, uh, in the immediate future for me right now holds a, a boatload of travel. Um, I'm, I'm currently in Denver on the beginning of a three-month tour while I'll be away from home for three months going around. Um, I got the United States, Europe, and then Australia. Um, bigger vision for me is to do more like handstand destination retreats, one of which I'm doing in Costa Rica towards the end of the year. Um, and then the more long-term vision is continue building the handstand online business. And um, I probably, uh, honestly, Henry, will actually travel less. I am uh, very much interested in getting rooted back in Denver and eventually either moving back here or finding a way to cohabitate uh, Southern California and Denver, you know, so that's a big goal of mine. Um, and I'm going to do that through um, my other passion, which is online business and helping other entrepreneurs. So I work with a company called Member Dev. And we are currently building a number of things, uh, one of which is a platform for online or for people that want to take their content online, but are just like, they throw their hands in the air when they have to build a website. And they're just like, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. It's too hard. Too technical. Yeah, too technical. At Member Dev, we're like, hey, we understand. This is hard. So we're building a platform where if you have a WordPress site, you plug in our platform and it outlays all of the instructions on how to upload the videos. It hosts the videos in a really nice format. So you like a course, for example, would have a course title and then each uh, phase of the course, you know, your progressions, then each phase would have like modules. So just a really easy parent child table. Um, and we we're going to package this up. Um, it's currently in beta testing right now. We're doing, um, we're learning a ton. We're going to package this up and say, Hey, let us do this for you. You do what you do best, which is make content about your field of expertise or your, you know, zone of genius. And we'll, we'll take the technical part out of it. And even more so, we'll show you uh, exactly what tools to use, um, how to hook up a payment processor. We're going to do it in three easy steps for you. And then, um, Kyle will come in. So that's my partner, by the way, he's, he builds the car. I just, I like, he builds the house. I just, you know, pick out the furniture. I make it look nice. So, uh, then I'm the marketing piece, right? And so, okay, great. You got this course. It's hosted. Your content is officially out there online. Now, how do we get some more eyes on it? And that's where I come in. And I am um, 
very much interested in teaching people how to build like landing pages, for example, or what goes into a good landing page, what goes good into a good like email sequence. If someone signs up for your list and you're a yoga teacher and you have like a free, um, you know, 30 minute yoga flow or something you want to give away to people, how do you get that person interested to get your free product, to get on your list and then start an ongoing dialogue or relationship with them via email? So that's going to be my next big life, um, thing is mm-hmm. to is to to build a business around building businesses right so i built totally. a business, I, I built a business on handstand and the proof is in the pudding it, it worked and so how do we um how do we cut paste this model to anyone who wants to teach a skill you can be teaching spanish teaching how to play the violin or piano teaching yoga or handstand whatever it is the model works right and so that's uh that's my next big one so be on the lookout for 2020 um for this to make some pretty big uh to make a pretty big splash i already got the one course done uh like i said my partner ali his platform is in beta testing we're going really well and we've um we just met this week while i was in denver and we decided to deliberately take our suite sweet time with this thing because it could be really, really big and we want to make sure we nail it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a natural progression for you as someone who's been down the road and as you put it, you know, you put your, your blood, sweat and tears into figuring out all the, the difficult stuff that really isn't all that relevant to the actual material of what you were teaching. And to be able to take that hurdle away from other people is just going to empower all of these people who have something to share to be able to do it. Yeah. I can't even tell you how, like I have yoga teachers that I know, and I'm sure you might have the same. Um, there's a few here in Denver that I just idolize and emulate and I want to, I want to teach like them. Um, but they have zero content online cause they're like, I'm not interested in learning that cause it doesn't make me a better yoga teacher. And I was, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, you're my, you are my perfect, perfect ideal person to use this new platform. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like you said earlier, you know, it's like, how do you want to choose or why are you doing the things that you do? Choose your actions accordingly. And those people, their decision makes sense, right? Yeah, G- totally. Given the opportunities available now, but you'll step in with a solution to that problem, which maybe they don't even see as a problem at the moment. But um, with some education, they could see the possibility that yeah. lies ahead. Yeah. For, for a minimal amount of effort, you know, I, for to anyone who's listened to this, the, the course that Henry and I keep referencing, I've recorded that on an iPhone just so everyone is clear. I didn't have a big production team and then my tripod was like 20 bucks. So, um, and then my microphone was whatever, you know, you don't need a lot of tools. Um, but if you want to get content online, that that's the, the recording piece is easy and that's anyone can do that. If, especially in the, this day and age, if you own a phone, set it up, record your content. If you want to dress up your studio and put it in a nice setting, then go for it. But that doesn't even really matter uh, is what I've been discovering. Um, but the, the part of like getting it online and selling it, that's where most people stop. Mm-hmm. They get the, the big grandiose. I hear it all the time. they like the big grandiose ideas like, Hey, I want to do what you did. I want to put my content online. Uh, it's going to be so great. And then I follow up with them six months later. I'm like, dude, are you making any progress? They're like, man, web development is really hard. And yeah. Yeah, I just kind of shake my head. I'm like, yeah, it is. So hopefully yeah. we can, we can meet the, this market where it needs to be met. Um, which is at that pain point of getting your content on the web. Like we're, we don't record it for you. We don't script it. We don't make it. That's all you, you're the genius there, but we will bridge that gap where you're struggling the most. So is the course, um, is your handstanding course built in the same, uh, I guess, format as what people can expect from working with member dev once it's available? 
Totally. So there in the, uh, the other big thing with the member dev thing is that there's a million softwares out there, right? Like there's so many for any different tool that you need. So we looked at kayawiger.com and we said, okay, we use a certain type of mail delivery software called active campaign. We use member mouse, which is our membership management software. And we use Stripe to process the payments. Um, the layperson that is doing this on their own, they go, okay, I need a membership management software and they Google it. And they come up with like a hundred different choices and it's paralysis by analysis. They just sit there and they can't make a decision. So we're, we're going to eliminate all that and say, hey, these are the tools that you're going to be using. We're going to teach you how to use them to their, their maximum efficiency. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. It's a it's taking kyleweger.com and be like, look at the skill. How's the website built? What tools are you using and how is content delivered? Take that and let's just, let's just white label it. Okay. So everyone listening, you've got two reasons to go check out kyleweger.com. <laughs> One is if you want to learn how to do a handstand, then yeah. Kyle's your man. He can teach you. And the other reason is if you are interested in teaching online, check out his model and see if it, if it looks appealing to you. Because if so, it's coming at you in 2020. It's, it's coming out, it's coming at you hard. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I will be marketing this, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. So if they follow me there, they'll, they'll see the, the ads and the announcements and the teasers come up for sure. Kyle is a great person to be friends with on Facebook an endless source <laughs> oh, of entertainment. My, my Constantly stirring the pot. Yeah. My current, my, my personal Facebook feed is either me making wildly sarcastic, you know, tower long posts or just memes I find on the internet that crack me up at, you know, at 11 o'clock at night as I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, on that note, I think now is the perfect time to roll on into the final section of the interview, which is the Prana cool. round. And I'll ask you six rapid fire questions. Please oh. answer minimum one word, maximum one sentence. Okay. Oh, wait, you're, six rapid fire questions. Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. Okay. In one word, why do you practice yoga? Silence. What's your favorite yoga pose and why? Uh, Believe it or not, it's not the handstand. Um, I love halfway lift, man. Uh, I don't know. There's something just so simple about it and my hamstrings love it. Nice. Okay. What is the single best cue or piece of advice you've ever received from a teacher? It can be a yoga teacher, hand balance teacher, baseball coach, hand balance teacher, you, you, whatever you want. Best piece of advice, and I use it all the time in my handstand uh, coaching, get taller. It's the simplest cue. Get, get taller. taller. Mm-hmm. Recommend one book, either modern or ancient, for our listeners. Easily. Uh, I, I'll recommend literally any book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Uh, one specifically could be uh, You Are the Placebo. You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Okay. Is yoga for everyone? Yes. Last question. How can our audience get in touch with you and how can we support you in your Dharma? Oh, wow. What a good, um, yeah, I guess to support me, I just like connecting, man. I just like talking to people. You can hit me up. I don't have a, a clever Instagram name. It's just Kyle Weger. Um, same with my Twitter handle, although I'm never on Twitter. And then my email is Kyle at KyleWeger.com. Right on. Thank you so much that for your it. time. Kyle, it's been a blast and Thank I look you, forward Henry. to seeing you soon. We're gonna um, ch- yeah, you're coming I'm to New York. Go, I'm coming to New York, man. I'll be there in like two or three weeks or something. And uh, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't wait to reconnect, dude. All right, man. I'll see you in New York. Yay! Thank you, Henry. Have a great one, man. Dharma talkers, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. 
And if you did, please share it. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and tag me, at Henry Wins. I love hearing from you about the conversations that make an impact for you. We have the ability to shape the world through our thoughts, words, and conversation. So let's influence the collective consciousness together. All my gratitude to Rory Wagstaff of Ease of Mind Productions for keeping our audio crisp and operations smooth, and to Patrick Kiebzak of Momentology Music and Art for supplying the powerful soundtrack to these conversations. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and tune in to new episodes of Dharma Talk every Thursday. I'll speak to you next week, and until then, keep living your Dharma.